Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! The title is Our Response. All right, so I will share a little bit more about what the two of them just did, um, but let us get straight into it. So, starting off with our first point. The first point for today is the great I am. Can we say the great I am? Yeah, so it's capital, because it's not the great I am, but the great he is. All right, so we're going to start off by reading Exodus chapter 3. We're going to have quite a few scriptures. I hope you guys are excited to read God's word. All right, so Exodus chapter 3 from verse 1 to 14. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked up and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, Moses. (laughs) And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the ground where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God, God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrow. So I have come down to deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from their land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, sorry, and the Hevitites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I, I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. You will have brought the people out of Egypt, and you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent you. Amen. God bless the reading of his word. So my title, I mean, for my point number one is the great I am is who God called himself. So it's not me calling him. He himself said, I am the, I am, the great I am. So let's go through it and I hope you can stay with me. All right. So Moses was going about his daily life, doing what he was doing. And in that midst, while he was doing what he was doing, God reached out to him. Uh, All of us live our daily lives, and there's different things that we go through, and God reaches out to us in different ways. I'm not sure if God will reach out to us through a burning bush, but it is possible God can reach to us anyhow. And we can see that in verse 2, how God reached out to Moses. Verse 4, God calls Moses. God calls you. Uh, God calls me. So we serve a God who's who's always calling, who's who's always there reaching out to you and I. Um, Those of you who are new here today, Christianity is more than just a religion. It is a relationship. And you call your friends, you call your parents, and God calls us. 
And what did Moses respond? Can you imagine God calls you? I think I'll be scared if God calls me. But Moses' response was, here I am. My question is, what would your response be if God calls you? Verse 7, God had a purpose for Moses. God had a reason um, that he called Moses, and he heard his people's cry. And God had a call upon Moses bigger than himself. Would you turn to the person next to you and say, God has a purpose for you? So it doesn't matter what anyone or yourself says about yourself. God has a great purpose for you. And when Moses was unsure, he was like, but God, how can I go and do this for you? Who do I say you sent me? And God himself says, I am who I am. I am has sent me. Uh, That's what Moses can go and tell the people, I am. And when I read these two, they seem simple, but it's very deep when we say, I am. God is our provider. God is our protector. He's our sustainer. He's our all in all. You're like, God, but I don't have this. I don't have this. And he says, I am. Uh, Reminds me of the first skit I got the two of them to do at homes as well. Uh, Rebecca and Rachel were doing, when someone's asking for a question, you say, I am. And whatever question God has called you, and you're like, God, but how? Who am I? And he says, I am. And if you go back to verse 12, um, God promised Moses that he will be with him. So when God calls you and I, he promises to be with us. So God calls, he will always be with us. All right, so my first point is, great, I am. Second point, haha, already. Okay, the second point is, is faithful. All right, my points make a sentence, so you can remember. Uh, Great, I am, comma, is faithful. All right, so now we backtrack. We learned about Moses and how God called Moses to save the Israelites. But let's backtrack to Exodus chapter 1. What happened? So Exodus chapter 1, I'm going to read from 8 to 14. I know I put more, but we'll do 8 to 14. All right, so this is before Moses was born. Um, So we're going to read verse 8. Now there arose a king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. I will tell you more about Joseph soon. So my story is Going backwards. Okay. Um, now there arose a king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. So this is the king in Egypt talking about the Israelites in Egypt. Verse 10 Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And it happened in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us. And so go up out of the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, put home and Ramses. Thank you, Pastor Dave. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar, in brick, and in all manner of service in the field. All the service in which they made them serve was rigor. So here God called Moses to go and help these Israelites come out of Egypt. Because uh, while they were in Egypt, they were really being tortured. Um, and the king was out to make sure they don't multiply. But they were multiplying. The great I am. With, with him, all things are possible. So now Pharaoh was being, he's being challenged. What should I do? Um, and then we read in Exodus chapter 1, verse 22. So Pharaoh commanded all his people saying, every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. And during this time was when Moses was being born. So Pharaoh had told them, make sure you cast out every son that is born, but save the girls. 
but who was born at this time? Moses. I told you God has a purpose for you and I, and God had a purpose for Moses. So God was faithful to save Moses. What happened? Let's read Exodus chapter 2, verse 2. From verse 2 to verse 5, Exodus chapter 2. So the woman conceived and bore a son. This is Moses' mother. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes before him, doubled it with asphalt and pitch, put, uh, put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bath at the river, and her maidens walked alongside the river. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. So Moses' mom wanted to try her best to save Moses. And lo and behold, Pharaoh's daughter found the baby. And Moses was saved. So whatever man may mean for evil, God can turn it around for good because he is the great I am. He can make all things possible. So Moses was faithful. Sorry. Moses was saved for a great purpose. Um, and why was he taken to Egypt? We shall learn more. Um, yeah, so... Maybe I should share more. All right, so Moses was born, and then he was in Egypt. And because of different things that happened as he was growing up, he escaped. And as he escaped, that's why he was being called back. God called him back to save his people. All right, in Exodus chapter 1, I hope you guys are following me. In Exodus chapter 1, we heard a name, Joseph. Um, and we got Joseph in the house. All right, so we heard about a name named Joseph. And who is this Joseph? The, the Bible says that the king didn't know about this Joseph anymore. But there's a background story to Joseph. And even as we see God's faithfulness in Moses' life, Moses was meant to be killed as a baby, but God saved him. God was faithful to save Moses for a purpose, to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. So God will do whatever it is to save his mankind. And looking back again, so going back to Genesis, what happened from chapter 37 to 50? Are you guys ready to read chapter 37 to 50? Okay, we won't read it, don't worry. You can read it when you go home. All right, so summarizing the story of Joseph. So Joseph was the son of Jacob. And he was loved by his dad, but um, he was also a dreamer. So Joseph liked to dream, and he was so happy to share his dream with his brothers, and his brothers got so jealous, because in the dream, it showed that his brothers would one day bow down to him. So the brothers were like so jealous of him, and they sold him into slavery. Can you imagine your brothers or sisters selling you into slavery? Wow. So Joseph was so sold into slavery, but God had a plan. God was faithful. So God turned the whole sad situation into a miracle to save lives. God is always after saving lives, and he's faithful to do that. So even after being betrayed by his brothers, Joseph was taken into Egypt and then thrown into jail because of a crime he did not commit. Can you imagine God gives him a promise? He's trusting God. He's being faithful. How many of us are thinking, God, but I'm being so faithful? And you get thrown into prison. Have you guys been thrown into prison yet? Not yet. But he was. <laughs> Not yet. You don't, I mean, it could be for sharing the gospel, okay? Not for bad things. Okay, I take away the yet. <laughs> I didn't realize it until you laughed. All right, so... Um, God had given Joseph a promise, and then he's thrown into prison. How many of us, God has given us a promise? And we're like, God, I thought you're faithful. I thought you're the great I am, but here I am in prison. But God had a plan. So after being betrayed by his brothers, Joseph was taken into Egypt and thrown into prison. 
for a crime he did not commit. In jail, he sometimes felt discouraged, but he responded by faith to God. He was still faithful in the prison. He did so well that he was even made the man in charge in prison. Can you imagine? Could you be faithful when you feel like God's neglected you? Wow. So Joseph continued to be faithful, um, and he became known as someone who could interpret dreams. So as time went on, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, was having sleepless nights, and he was having difficulty breathing. Um, breathing. Sleeping. Oh, dear. Nicoline. All right. So he was having difficult dreams, and he needed someone to interpret his dreams. So long story, uh, Joseph came out of prison, and of all the people there, Joseph was the one who was, enable, was able to interpret the dream when no one else could. If you want to go and read, there were all different people who were called to call on whatever witchcraft that they know. But Joseph said, I will trust God and interpret the dream. Seven years later, can you imagine God gave him a promise? He was sold. He was good, thrown into prison, come out, and still seven years later, Joseph's family was in Canaan, was suffering from the famine. They were very hungry. His brothers traveled down to Egypt to ask for help. They did not know that their brother Joseph had become such an important person. So when they managed to, when they heard there's a great famine, they heard that there's a great man who's stored up so much in Egypt. And they're like, can we really do this? Can we really go and see who this is? Can we really go and get help? Only to find out it was the brother they sold. So they appeared before Joseph to ask for Egypt's help. But they didn't even recognize their brother. But Joseph himself recognized them. Long story short, the family was able to come over to Egypt and be able to survive because there was food. There was enough for the famine. All right, so we had Moses, who was saved when the king wanted to kill all boys. He was saved, and then now the Israelites were stuck in Egypt. How did they get to Egypt? We just heard how Joseph's brothers went all the way to Egypt to, have, um, to find supplies while the famine was happening. And then, because it's Joseph's family, they were taken care of. But after a while, the king died and people forgot who Joseph was. And that's when it says in Exodus chapter 1 that they didn't know who Joseph was. And they're like, who are these people that are multiplying in our land? Let's torture them. And that's how the Israelites started getting tortured in Egypt. Everyone good? So we can see how God is faithful we don't know what he's done before to now enable us to be here today. We have no idea what he has done to save. There's so many nations here. We have no idea what God has done to save Singapore. We have no idea what God has done to save Hong Kong. We have no idea what God has done. Even I am from Zimbabwe, and I'm amazed that missionaries came from this land to my country, and I don't know what it took I know the man who came to my country was a little boy, and the offering bag, offering tray was going around, and he didn't have much. Sometimes you want to give offering, you're like, I don't have much to give. But he put the offering tray on the floor, and he stood on it and said, God, I don't have much, but I give myself. He ended up in Africa, shared the gospel, and that is how many years later I got to know about Christ. So God is always faithful to save his people. And we can see how he saved Moses to save the Israelites. He saved Joseph to save the Israelites. So God is always working. So do you believe God has a great purpose for you? You may not be named Moses. You may not, or you may be named Joseph. But God has a great plan for you and I. And when God called Moses... Moses said, here I am. And let's look at Genesis chapter 50, is it? Oh, Genesis chapter 50, verse 19. This is what Joseph said to his brothers. When his brothers didn't recognize who he was, Joseph said to them, 
Do not be afraid, for I am in the place of God. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. Why are you here in London? Why are you here in the UK? Why were you saved? Why has God called you? Some have moved from Bristol and come to London. What does God have for you here? Some may have come just for a few months, but God has a purpose for you. The great I am has, has and wants to call you. You being here is God's calling upon your life. And he has been faithful to save many generations even before us. All right, so Moses said, here I am. Let's see, someone else say, here I am. Genesis chapter... Genesis chapter 46, verse 2. I think I put something else there. All right, verse 2. We're just going to read verse 2. And it says, Then God spoke to Israel in the, very, in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here I am. So he said, I am the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. I will go down with you to Egypt, and I also surely bring you up again. And Joseph will put his hand on your eyes. Here we also see how Jacob, God also spoke to him, and his response was, here I am. Which leads me to my third point, what is your response? So my full sentence is, the great I am is faithful. What is your response? So in the beginning, we saw Rachel and Rebecca. Rachel was going about her life, doing what she was doing. And Rebecca came along with her joyful self and offered joy into Rachel. And Rachel responded. Isn't it natural to respond? When someone puts up their hand to high-five you, your natural response is to high-five back. Or if someone wants to give you something, some of us might be shy to take it, but natural response is to put your hand. It's hard to give that example because some might be shy. But there is a natural human response to do something. If someone calls, even if I say calls, it's not natural for people to pick up calls when they're shy of calls. Um, yeah, but you know what I mean. It's a natural response when someone does something for you. So now I am talking to all of us that the great I am has called you and I. What is our response? And I believe every one of us here in this room are at different places in our life. It's okay. God doesn't wait for you to be knowing everything to call you. He can call you when you don't have all the faith that you need. God, All God asks us to do is to have faith as small as the mustard seed. All he asks is, do you believe in me? Are you ready to follow me? When he asked his disciples, he didn't ask, okay, so have you gone to Bible school? Have you stopped sinning? Have you, have you? He didn't ask that. But all he said was, would you follow me? That's all God is doing. Would you follow him? So, I understand life happens, and it can be hard to respond. If you guys will allow me to share a bit of my own personal testimonies of how I have had to respond to God in different situations. So, not too long ago, but uh, I was still back in Zimbabwe. <laughs> back at home, I really wanted to study out of Malaysia. Out of Malaysia. Out of Zimbabwe. Malaysia stuck in my head. All right, I really wanted to study out of Zimbabwe. My desire was to come study here or in Canada. Um, and I remember bugging my mom, Mom, I want to study. Mom, I want to study. And she's like, Nicoline, I have no money. How do I send you? In the middle of the night, I'll wake up. Mommy, I need to go. Mommy, I want to go. I even went back. I don't know if there's any of you who used to write down stuff. When I was in high school, I even took my book and said, Mommy, you see, long time ago, I said I want to go and study. And I wrote, I want to study out of Africa. You see, and she's like, I know, but what must I do? 
It was really hard, but I was determined. Guys, if I tell you what I used to do, oh my goodness. Yeah, I was calling America looking for sponsors. I really wanted to go and study. Anyway, so that was, do I need to reveal years? Maybe not. Okay, so three years prior to that, three years prior to that, my dad was here in the UK, and this was a Tuesday. I think he was supposed to fly back home for good on a Thursday. Tuesday, my dad collapsed, and they called my mom and I and said, it is not good. We've just found out your husband has been diagnosed with leukemia, and he needs chemotherapy straight away. So my dad was in hospital. We were stuck in Zimbabwe. We couldn't come all the way here because of visa issues. A lot of testimonies happened in that se season. Uh, but there's one night they called my mom, I think 1 o'clock in the morning in Zimbabwe, and said, you better come now. Your husband's not looking well. My mom was panicking, like, what do I do? She's got a crying child, which is me, because I hadn't seen my dad in five years, I think. It was really hard. It was really hard for my mom. And I, if you want to know how we got our visas, you can ask me. It was a testimony. So anyway, uh, we got to see my dad. And praise God, he was miraculously healed. And God, God healed him. And why am I sharing this story? My dad was healed. And because of his health, he, was, he had to stay in the UK. And because my dad stayed in the UK... I got funds to go to uni. So it was really hard seeing my dad go through that. And whatever bad situation may be, God can turn around for good. I went to Malaysia, a Muslim nation, coming from a 98% Christian nation to, Mus to a Muslim nation, and where I experienced God personally for myself. Um, I was a young girl, and... I think I shared with the students last week. It was really hard being away from family. Uh, but it was in my hostel room where God became my personal God, where he became my, my own. Um, so I shared with you, my dad was here. So money allowance was just enough for my daily allowance. Pastor David knows me from those days when I was still a young student, still young, still studying. <laughs> anyway, but God really took care of me during those years. Um, there's one time I, I, I used to have 10 ringgit, 10 ringgit to top up my phone, and that would last me about a minute and a half to call my family. It was really expensive to call Zimbabwe. And I'll just call my mom and say, hi, mom, I love you, Missy, and the call cuts. I'll be, end up in tears. It was really, really hard. But as I was going to uh, church, there was people to message. There was no WhatsApp those days, haha. And we used to message. Um, and from my uni, we used to have a lot of people I needed to invite to church. There was hundreds of people, literally hundreds, like 100, 200 people to message on a weekly basis. So I would sacrifice my 10 ringgit and say, God, I won't call my family, but I'll use it to message people. So I would message people. So I'm basically sharing with you how hard finances were for me. And um, there's one day I was walking in my campus and I looked on the floor and there was 50 ringgit. And I'm like, huh? So I picked it up and I was looking everywhere for who this could be. I even went to the shop. I was like, is this yours? Could it be someone's? I was like, now what do I do? But just prior to that, I was really praying. I said, God, I need money. I'm not sure if the right thing to do was to tell what I'm going to tell you what I did. But... I really did look for the owner. I really did look for who it was. Okay. So there's a reason to the story. So I ended up using that money, and that money helped me a lot. Um, why am I sharing? Because I think that's what started my faith journey. If God could provide 50 ringgit for me, there's nothing he can't provide. Well, you can argue with me, was that really God who gave it to you? But... It, I, I remember that as a significant time when my faith started to grow. Um, which is, life, life can be hard. Um, so I told you my dad had leukemia many years down the line. My dad, my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Another difficult time. I think that's the last time you guys saw me coming to the UK. 2018, I came here. And then I went back to Malaysia. 
And I felt God asking me to resign from my job. I was like, okay, sure. So I typed on my letter, but now as I was about to submit my letter, I was like, wait a minute. You're a foreigner. If you give this letter, you got no visa. Are you ready to go home? And I was like, no. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, how do I do this? But then I just felt God saying, is your trust in me or in the visa? I completely surrendered and I gave my letter. Prior to that, I started having the passion to teach. Um, and I had been applying to schools while I was still working. I was working for an airline. I was trying to apply for schools. No one replied me. But once I gave my resignation letter, no word of a lie, school started responding. My last day of work, I got a call to say, hey, I got your resume. When can you come for an interview? The very next day, I got an interview. What got me to that place was that 50 ringer that made me trust that if God can, you can provide for me that 50, there's nothing you can't do. And that was a whole nother journey in itself. What am I saying? There can be difficult times. There can be sickness in our family. There can be financial challenges. You could be in a very desperate place, but what is your response to God? It may be something small now, but allow your faith to grow in God now. So, church, I, I, I went after that faith season of resigning from my job, I went through one of the lowest times in my life. So low that I didn't want to see another day. It was so, so hard that I said, God, I can't, I can't anymore. But what kept me going is God and my family. I, I said, I can't imagine my parents getting a message to say, this has happened. But it was really hard it was so hard, those of you who know me, it was hard for me to smile. It was hard for me to go to church and even sit through a service without breaking down mid-service. I was a leader, I was a homes leader, and we would stand in the front to, to, for whoever wants to come and pray. Some days were so hard, I had to walk out of the service and cry in the toilet and come back and pray for people. It was really a difficult season. Um, but I had to choose. If God calls me, would I still say yes to serve him? I still had to stand in front of my homies and teach the word of God. I still had to pray for people. But there was days that was really hard. I'm a people's person. You may or may not know it. But it broke my heart to be... Um, so we used to do community service. So we went for community service and we went for lunch. And while we're waiting for our friends to join us for lunch, I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to see anyone. Have you ever been in that place where you don't want to see anyone? I'm like, I told my friend, I was like, I can't be here. And it broke my heart for me to be in a place where I don't want to see people. But it was in that season where God became more real. He became the one I have to turn to. I'm not sure if any of these testimonies are relatable to you. But it was in that season where when I go through stuff, I like to share with people, which has always been my parents. They've always been the one I would cry to. And, oh, um, I, they would be the ones I could talk to. Uh, so that is the way I deal with stuff. I don't know if there's any of you like that. When you're going through stuff, you just want to share with someone and you feel better. And I felt I started relying too much on people. But through that season, I was teaching small children, and you know, to teach small children, you got to be happy. <laughs> you can't be crying in front of small children. There was one day I was on the bus, I mean, waking my way, so I used to leave the house about 5.30 to go to work, and it was dark, and I was walking towards the bus, and I'm like, can I message my principal to say, I can't make it today? How do I face the children in this state? How do I even huh, smile with them? It was so hard. But I forced myself, I got on the bus, and I just wept in the bus. It was dark. <laughs> the sun hadn't come up. But I wept, and God gave me a vision that day. And that vision was, he wanted to break all the crutches. And those crutches were me relying on people to help me rely on him. Those of you, I don't know if there's any physiotherapists in the house, you know those, what are those silver things that you use to walk? Yeah, that, you, you know that thing, right? 
And then sometimes a person just falls because the legs are sitting, getting stronger, but the physiotherapist is there guiding them. I felt God telling me, that's who I want to be to you. I want to build your confidence in me again. Looking back, it was my prayer. I said, God, I don't want my confidence to be in what I can do, who I am, but I want my confidence to be new. So I had to be broken in order to be built up again in Him. But it was in that season I had to turn to God. I really had Him and Him alone to turn to. So church, when God calls you, when it is hard, please don't run away from Him. He's the one you need to run to. Because He is the great I am. And He is faithful. I never saw myself ever standing doing this in front of people. When I was little, I was so quiet. I was even too quiet for my class. Haha. <laughs> my teacher told my mom, your daughter doesn't speak. She's too quiet. But God had to transform me. I had to answer one day to invite my friend. I had to answer one day to say, would you share with someone about Christ? It all starts somewhere. Um, there was a Sunday I was with Edinburgh, but I heard, I think it's Gareth, you shared about how your faith is like building muscles. And that is what it is. When God calls you, it may start small, but would you say yes to him? You don't need to wait to have it all. And God can even use our mistakes. Can I share with you my recent one? Ha, ha, ha. So a few weeks ago, I was going to Edinburgh. So I was supposed to go to Edinburgh with Michelle. We were messaging each other. Oh, we at the station. Na, 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 na. Okay, I got time. So I was at the station. And then Michelle was like, okay, I'm going to, the, to board the train. I said, me too. Then I said, but the train is canceled. She was like, no, it's not. On, on my end, it's showing 8.30, but our train is supposed to be 8.40. And she's like, no, our train's on time. I'm like, no, it's not, Michelle. It's canceled. She's like, no. So anyway, Michelle said, I'm going to platform six. I was like, okay. As I'm walking, I'm trying to squeeze myself through. I am, okay, I won't reveal where I was. So the whole barrier was closed. I couldn't pass. I'm like, Michelle, how are you going to the platform? No one's going through. Then we're like, wait a minute, where are you? Michelle's like, I'm in Houston. Nikki, where are you? I said, I'm in King's Cross. And I said, no, Michelle, our train's leaving from King's Cross. She's like, no, Houston. I said, no, it's King's Cross. Because every time I go to Edinburgh, it's King's Cross. So I check my map. Oh, no, I check my tickets. It's Houston. And the train's leaving in six minutes. Man, I ran with all my bags. And Michelle says, okay, I'm going to make myself make, make my way to the train. Anyway, I ran, praying and praying. And I know the last time I spoke, I said, please don't run, because I fell. But I had to run. And I said, God please let that train be delayed. And I know that train leaves on time. <laughs> it really leaves on time. But I was really praying hard. I said, God, please, 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 please. I can't be telling people I missed the train. Anyway, I got to Houston and Michelle says, we've just pulled off. I'm like, Whew. and I sat down and I got a message from Rachel. Pastor Nikki, have you arrived safely? I'm like, how do I reply to say I missed my train? I felt shy. I felt shy to say, man, I missed my train. Anyway, I got to the station. They asked me to go and speak to the customer care. And um, while I'm in the queue, there's a long queue. I was on the phone with the, the travel, the train company, trying to see which one will respond faster. I got to the till in the end, and the guy was so calm. Yes, how can I help you? And I said, I miss my train. He was like, can I have your ticket? And I showed him my ticket. And my ticket's not a flexible one. So I thought, oh ready to pay. And I was like, oh, okay, let me see what I can do. And you're so calm. I'm like, dude. <laughs> anyway, he said, I have another train at 930. Uh, I can get you to Preston. And then from Preston, let me check if there's another train to Edinburgh. I was like, how am I going to tell Mansing? So anyway, from Preston, there was another train. I asked him, what about the connecting? He says, you should make it. Anyway, I got onto the train at 9.30. I was like, Michelle, this train is even more comfortable than the train we're usually on. So anyway, I'm sitting on the train, and she's like, could this be part of your message for tomorrow? I'm like, how do I tell people I miss my train? It's not a good testimony. Anyway, while I was on the train, I said, God, there must be a reason. There must be a reason I missed this train. What is it? But the night before, I think I slept about 2, 3 o'clock, so I was so tired. I'm like, God, can I just sleep? but I might miss out what it is you want me to do. You know that negotiating? I'm like, but I want to sleep. Anyway, I got to Preston, 
and uh, our train was delayed, and then the train to Edinburgh was also delayed. Caught on the, got on the train. I think there's some football match going on. There's a lot of people there. So I made it on the train on Edinburgh, and I was just going. I was sitting next to uh, some people, and then I was sitting on the four seats, and then there's a girl sitting next to me, a campus student. So I just spoke to her. She was going for a concert. Okay, all done. Train, she jumped off. I was like, okay. Then the last stop, just before Edinburgh, some guy jumped on the train with a whole lot of bags. His bags even hit my foot. And then um, while we sat on the train, the train just took off and he says, uh, do you mind if I drink? I was like, sure, go ahead. So he took out his whole big bottle and vodka and he's pouring in front of me. Then he says, would you like some? I said, no, I'm okay, thanks. <laughs> so anyway, we got to talk. And... Um, we, we got talking, and his train was cancelled. Because that weekend, I think there's crazy floods in Scotland, so a lot of trains. So his train was cancelled. He says, I've been trying to get home for the past two days. And I said, well, I have also missed my train. So we're busy talking. And he told me he used to go to Scripture Union as a child. And uh, then he continued to serve in Scripture Union. So I said, so one of, one of the leaders? He said, yes. But then something happened in his life that caused the leader and him to have a fallout, and you couldn't be that anymore. And he somehow left the faith. And uh, he's busy talking to me, sharing his life, and then he starts crying, and he looks out the window. He says, what is wrong with you? What are you doing to me? Why are you doing this to me? And I said, it's not me. And he kept breaking down on the train, and people are looking at us, and the guy's crying. <laughs> and um, the conversation kept going on, and I said to him, I think I know why I miss my train. And he says, I think so too. And I said, I just want to tell you God loves you. And we got to talk about God. And he says, man, I've been trying to run away. I've been trying different things. And he even showed me, lifted up his sleeve. Oh, man, he showed me a very scary tattoo. And he says, do you know what this is? I'm like, no, Harry Potter something. I was like, no. <laughs> but it was really scary stuff. And which showed me that he did try to go the other side as well. It was really scary. Um, and he told me, just prior to that, he tried to take his life. He, he even put himself in, in hospital. He hadn't been at home for nine months. He was on his way to see his mom. A whole lot of stories. And then I just said to him, do you mind if I pray for you? He stretched forth his hands, and both of us in the train holding hands are praying. So I prayed for this man, and I said, God, you do what you need to. And this guy was saying, thank you. So anyway, he had been drinking a bit, right? So he went off to go talk to someone. <laughs> and I, before that, I said, I'm going to Scotland. I'm going to Edinburgh for church. He was like, oh. He says, are you speaking tomorrow? I said, yes, do you want to come? He says, tell me more about it. So we started talking more. And uh, the more things I was sharing, he said I could remember them from the Bible. So anyway, uh, we kept talking. And he asked me about church. And um, yeah, so when he went off, I, I tried to ask him, do you have a contact? Maybe I can check on, you might not do this, but this is brave me. So I asked him, maybe I could contact, if we can exchange Instagram just someone to encourage him. And he says, I have no phone. Five days ago, I smashed my phone. I was so upset. So I have no way of contacting. So anyway, he went to go talk to people. I took up my Bible bag, and I was looking for a card where I could write. And I have a pack of uh, scripture postcards. And I happen to have an empty one in my bag. And it's from Psalms 139, talking about how I hemmed your body, how I hemmed you. And he left the church because of decisions he had made his lifestyle. So I wrote on that card, I wrote a message for him, and I, I, I just gave it to him. And the guy was like, he reached out to come and hug and almost kiss me. But I, yeah. Just out of, no, not for my face. He was coming for my cheek. But anyway, he reached out, and I just hugged him, and then gave him the card. Um, and... He says, I know there's a reason I met you and why our trains were delayed and whatever happened. And um, yeah, so as the train's going on, now I'm messaging Michelle. Michelle says, oh, I just messed this. I just passed this certain stop. I was like, me too. And then she was supposed to go to one station called Waverly and I was supposed to go to Haymarket. So we told Mansing one to be at Waverly, one at Haymarket. Then Michelle says, hey, my train is going past Haymarket. Then we're like, wait a minute, what train are you on? We mentioned the title of the train, the, the name of the train. Then wait, are we on the same train? <laughs> Guess what, guys, we ended up on the same train. 
really, we, we really ended up on the same train. So once we got to Haymarket in Edinburgh, we jumped off the train and I looked to the side, Michelle was on the carriage just next door. I really said, God, you are amazing. That whole delay, whether my fault or not, God had a plan. <laughs> God had a plan to reach out to this man. And it was my choice to say, God, will you use me or not? And even as God calls him, it's his response. And he doesn't know all that happened behind the scenes for me to be able to meet him. I could have been on the same train with Michelle, be in the next carriage, and I never knew there was a man hurting. But I had, went through Preston. I don't know where that is. I went through somewhere to come back to the original train. And God will do whatever he can to reach you. I share this testimony not because of anything, but to give God the glory. So our God is faithful. He is the great I am. So what would you choose today? I'm going to ask the band to come up. And just wherever you are right now, with all eyes closed and head bowed, we are talking about the great I am. This God who created everything we see. And when he created the day, he created the light, he made the waters, he made the herbs of the ground, all the plants, all the animals, he said it is good. And when he had made humans, he said it is good. And after all those seven days, he looked back at all that was made and he said it was very good. Everything God made was good, including you and I. But sin crept into the world, and which made it hard for us to come before God, which made hatred, which made suffering, which brought pain into this world, which even brought doubt that we sometimes have. But God has remained faithful. He saved Moses' life so that he could get the Israelites out of Egypt in a miraculous way that they walked on dry ground across the sea. And they got there because of Joseph. God called one man that even when his brothers didn't believe in him, God had a plan. Even when it was hard, even when he was thrown into prison, even when he didn't do anything to Potiphar's wife, he was still accused. He could have turned around and said, God, I've been so faithful. Why? But he chose to respond well to God. And because of that, he came out and his family was saved. We see Noah. When God was so hurt by the way people were living, he found a faithful man in Noah. When there was no sign of rain, God asked him, would you build me an ark? And he said, yes. And God saved him and his family and a generation. God is faithful. There may be pain in this world. There may be pain in your family. There may be pain in your own life. I went through it very quickly, but I went through a lot of pain for a few years. It was so hard even to tell my family, to tell my parents, because I didn't want to break their heart being miles away. But even when they called me, they knew something was going on. It was really a challenging season, but I had to make a choice to respond to God. And through that, He's enabled me to, to rely on Him, to talk to a stranger, 
what is our response to this great I am? I shared with you about that 50 ringgit note. And that is where it started. If God could provide for me that 50, it gave me the faith to resign from my job when God asked me to, when I didn't know where my finances would come from. But He provides. When God asks, we don't need to negotiate, but just say, here I am. just pray that even as you linger in God's presence, it's a week before getaway. God may have already started calling you. Maybe he's calling you right now and he will continue to call you. What is your response? You want to see your life different? Respond to him. You want to see your life being transformed for him, would you say yes to him? You want to see your family saved? What is your response to God today? Some of you, God, have put a group of people in your heart. God has put a generation on your heart, a nation in your heart. Would you trust that God can use you? What is your response today? You may have been serving God, even being a leader. But we still need to daily make a choice. We serve God as our response for what He's already done. We serve Him because He's been the great I am the faithful one. We can choose to come to church even when we have a deadline in the next few hours because He is the great I am. He is the faithful one. We can choose to make right stands in our relationships that are pleasing unto Him because He is the great I am. He is faithful. What choices are we making today? Are we saying, God, not today? Not yet. I'm not ready. Or would you say, God, take me and use me just as I am? If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.